yeah, there's a bit of panic, but I think at the same time, people here know what's happened in Melbourne and sort of go, well, let's just get through this next six days and do the right thing. So yeah, a little bit of fear, probably a little bit of like annoyance, but at the same time, acceptance. Today on Dirty Linen, we are heading to Adelaide, which has just entered a six day lockdown to get on top of the Parafield cluster that, um, hopefully is not bubbling too much away around the state. Uh, we are chatting to Adam Liston, the chef and owner of Shibosho and Shosho Izakaya. Uh, I remember Adam for when he lived in Melbourne. Um, I'm glad you missed our lockdown over here, Adam, and I certainly hope that yours is swift and you can reopen very soon. But thank you so much for coming on Dirty Linen today. No problem, it's all good. Uh, how are things? Tell me what it's like to be in Adelaide right now and the owner of a restaurant. Uh, I mean, obviously pretty swift, like we were sitting two days ago in a, in a kind of environment where both restaurants and well, outside of our restaurants, like the restaurants across the, the city were pumping and then, you know, quick outbreak to bit of panic to one day of restriction to now lockdown so yeah just kind of super fast and a little bit nervous and just in time for Christmas trade so it's a little bit um yeah unnerving let's put it that way what are the practical things that you need to do um you the lockdown begins at midnight have you did you close straight away or are you doing your last service uh well ironically a lot of people have cancelled which is completely fair enough uh, Shibojo being in the city probably got hit hit the most. I mean, we were going to trade through tonight and try and use up what sort of stock we had left, but we went from that 1.4 or 1 to 4 square metre rule, which we had like kind of 50 people booked tonight down to to 2. So we've, we've, we've pulled that. They won't do service tonight. Um, and Shosho's in the suburbs, which is in a pretty affluent area. So, again, we had sort of 50 with that rule booked. And that's dropped down to like 15. So they'll, they'll, they'll do service tonight. But now it's really just the management of stock sort of thing. We'll just give away a lot of food to the staff. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, it was those full fridges that came to mind very quickly when I heard about this very fast shutdown. What do you, I mean, it must be so demoralising to have stock that you've, um, you know, obviously committed funds to that you then can't sell. What, what kinds of things can you do about that apart from i guess yeah offloading offloading to staff not much because i mean both those restaurants are pretty reliant on fresh products and yeah i mean it's disheartening i mean from a like kind of financial perspective but i think that the bigger fear is that both those restaurants they you know we don't qualify for any sort of job keeper stuff because the revenue since COVID had sort of gone away, well, seemed to go away from South Australia months ago, the revenue in both those restaurants um, didn't allow us to sort of qualify. So, yeah, we're, we're sort of in that situation at the moment for this six-day apparent lockdown where the staff are not going to really get anything outside of what we can provide. So to give them food is probably the lowest of my problems at the moment, and I think that's probably a good thing. Yeah, it's a good use of it. Yeah. Um, when you heard about the cluster, I guess a few days ago now, did you pay a lot of attention to it? Did it seem, did it unnerve you straight away? I mean, did you have any sense that things might get to this point? Uh, well, I mean, literally, Danny, it came from 
like we've we've sort of not that we've been oblivious to it. I mean, we've all been watching with big hearts, like what's been happening in Melbourne, and and being someone that spent a lot of time there, I just thought that was an absolute tragedy. But we were, as South Australians, pretty proud of the way that we sort of had it under control. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's 16, 17 cases, and we're like, okay, this is pretty weird. And then I guess probably yesterday morning we're all sort of waiting for the, the Premier being Stephen Marshall to what we thought announce a bunch of different kind of new cases and there was only one, then there was three, then there was five and then now all of a sudden there's a, a bit of a cluster and it's, you know, sort of operating in the vicinity. I mean, Adelaide's only a small place anyway, but the places that these people have been are literally going from one side to the other side of town without actually going through the city. So it makes sense that they shut it down. I mean, I don't think that's a bad idea. I mean, it could, obviously it's going to, if we tried to play it differently, we'd be in a situation where Christmas would be absolutely shit. But to, cro- to close it down for six days is bad. But I think I agree with the decision because, you know, as I've spoke to a few Melbourne uh, restaurateurs and chefs today that, I mean, it's it's bad that it's hit at this time because this is where restaurants make their money. But if it's only six days, we should be able to bounce back pretty quickly. But, yeah, it's obviously just happened so quick and it's been hard to sort of process it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, goodness me, I really hope it is six days. And from the experience in Melbourne, it seems like hard, fast and get it sorted, just crush it, seems like a much better idea than a 112-day lockdown or whatever it was that we had. Um, yeah. It, it, I can imagine, you know, speaking to people in other parts of Australia through this through this whole period, it, there was a sense that it had been dealt with, it was done. The coronavirus was this thing that had, you know, it was happening in other places and it, it, we did have to deal with it, you know, back in, in March March and April, but yeah, it was it was dealt with. I mean, did things in Adelaide feel really normal? Well, they did. I mean, and I was a, a pessimist. I mean, we've got multiple business partners, and you know, when we went through that lockdown that the whole country went through, and then reopened with these restrictions that you know for South Australia quickly quickly eased. I I was of the opinion, which I voiced quite heavily to my business partners, that I didn't think that people were going to come out, but I was proven wrong with that. I mean, well, I guess the one sort of benefit from a South Australian restaurateur perspective is that I was actually not only proven wrong I was completely proven wrong like the restaurants being the ones that we're involved with literally went through the roof I mean we were back to doing revenue that we were doing pre-COVID and we, we all sort of analysed that and thought well I mean we South Australian people couldn't go to Melbourne which is obviously probably the, the most popular state for, for our locals to visit and then slowly we were able to go to, to new places but yeah the restaurants literally went back to we're pumping and we're back to normal and it was almost like it it wasn't there and then we were obviously still watching what was going on in in Melbourne in particular and thinking oh I wonder if this is going to come and then and then it never did and then all of a sudden you know wake, wake up in the morning two days ago and it's like oh we're on um so yeah I mean I don't and that's the thing it's hard to sort of cry wolf here and sort of say oh I feel feel sorry for us and in particular because of what's happened over over where you live I mean if it's only six days it's only six days yeah sure but we don't want to see it happen to anybody and we know how destabilizing it is you know especially what a wrench it is when you think you're done with it to go back into lockdown um so yeah I'm, I'm sure I speak for 
everyone in Victoria, and it's the first time I've felt that I can, but let's give it a go. <laughs> I'm sure I speak for everyone in Victoria to say we hope you get through it. My biggest, my biggest problem is the same one that we had in the previous lockdown, which involves not only South Australia but the rest of the country. I mean, like Shibosho has 80% of its kitchen staff that are, you know, workers from Korea, Japan, China, that have, like, legitimate visas, been in the country for X amount of time, and then those people were literally not qualifying for any government support and never got anything. And then now we're, you know, if it's a six-day thing, it's a six-day thing. I mean, the restaurant can cover them to that degree, but, you know, if it, if it does stretch to something bigger, I'm still waiting for the, for these like government politicians to come in and go, hang on, like, what about these people that have literally somehow managed to survive? Well, it's okay for me as a, a restaurant only for six days, but it's not it's not okay for them. Yeah, well, I know you were really vocal and active in, uh, around that, um, yeah, right from the beginning of the shutdown and, and, you know, saw that as a clear problem for, you know, sustaining the people that, that sustain your business um, through through a shutdown. It's it's really interesting, you know, like one of the suspected transmission sites in Adelaide is a pizza bar and it was it was because there was a guy that worked in hotel quarantine and worked there uh, making pizzas. And I think it's that you could easily see in your situation when you've got people who um, don't have a stable position in Australia. I don't know. I don't know if this guy is... Um, I don't know what his visa status is, but you can just see when there's this environment of people who have insecure work, people who are outside the circle of care, that it's um, it's not only a problem of, you know, how do, how do they pay their rent, how do they feed themselves, it's a health problem for the whole community. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't want to sound funny with this, but the first thing that comes into my head when I heard about that pizza bar, same with the, the hotel where it all started, is... I mean, how are those two businesses, once all of this goes away, ever going to survive when they're going to be labelled as, you know, the coronavirus people? And it's not really their fault at all. And I just still question, like, why those testings and stuff wasn't done with people looking after people in quarantine. It just makes no sense to me. stupid. Yeah, it seems like there are lessons that need to be learned over and over again with this uh, pandemic, which is really unfortunate and throws whole communities into turmoil. Um, I don't know about that stigma, though, Adam. You know, there's a cafe in Kilmore the side of, a, you know, transmission when we had a little bit of a city escape. Uh, I think it was in October. And... They had, they were so rock solid with their contact collection that they were easily able to contact everybody who'd been through that cafe. They were able to quarantine them and they were able to contain the virus in that um, in that town just an hour outside of Melbourne. And to my mind, that cafe is actually like a COVID hero because y- you can't really, um, you know, if, if the virus is out there and people are moving around, it's nobody's, it's not the business's fault if, if somebody comes through. And I think the the thing that's um, you know falls to businesses is to make sure that they're doing everything according to the rules in terms of being really proactive in collecting contacts and uh, you know keeping their business as clean and as safe as they possibly can. So I hope it doesn't reflect badly on that business in the end. Yeah, I agree with you. That's more of a just a, a public perception. I mean, I haven't been to that pizza bar in the the kind of danger zone but I've definitely been there before and the pizza's pretty good yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, well, I, I reckon they probably had more um, hits on their webpage today than ever before. I had a look at them and it looks like a pretty pretty kind of rough and ready place that actually would sling a good pizza. So <laughs> I'll, I'll make a point of going there when I get to Adelaide, of course, after I've been to Shibosho. <laughs> um, yeah. So what actually were the rules um, before this in Adelaide, just in terms of the stuff I was talking about in terms, was there, were there any density rules? Did you, did you, um, were you still required to collect contact details from customers? What, what actually were you required to do? No, I mean, I was just recently in Sydney and I, I was pretty surprised about how detailed, you know, even going into a pub for a beer, you know, signing in and, and like it was everywhere. There was like six or seven places that we went to that, that required that sort of information. We, have, we haven't, as a state, been that in that situation um the only restrictions that were really left with us prior to that was uh there was a little bit of the 1.2 square meter thing but that was that was easily managed with the government sort of coming in and allowing like kind of extra seating outside and then the only other thing that was a bit of a detriment to both Shibosho and Shosho was sitting at a bar that where there was food being prepared close by so that I mean that took a little bit of capacity away from us but to be honest, like I said before, both both Show Show and Shibosho were amongst the other restaurants in the, you know, not a group but a collective of, of different places were, were pumping. And it was, yeah, it didn't really seem to be a problem for us. So, like I said, I mean, we'd, we wouldn't have even known that it was a thing here. So for it to just sort of jack up overnight was like, wow. And it's literally been 48 hours. So, Yeah. It's it's pretty full on. It's like the Grinch has come. The Grinch for Christmas has come. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get a tattoo. The Grinch is just <laughs> out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean, so it was announced this afternoon that. So we're we're talking on Wednesday. It was announced this afternoon that the lockdown started at midnight. It's a really hard lockdown. It's more full on than the Melbourne one because people aren't allowed to go outside even to exercise. Uh, and restaurants are not allowed to do takeaway, which we were always allowed to trade through with takeaway. People feared that it would be closed down to that degree, but that's really full on. That's definitely the harshest lockdown in Australia. Um, I wonder what will happen. Like I'm wondering what is it like in Adelaide right now? Uh, have you seen like people rushing to the supermarket? I saw that, that I saw photos of empty toilet paper shelves, for God's sake, again yesterday in Adelaide. Uh, what's the vibe? Like are people rushing around? Is, are people shell-shocked? What, what's happening? Uh, I mean, to be honest, like I'm, I've only been in the like sort of vicinity of the, both the restaurants and there's a bit of you know, kind of unease about that and obviously the cancellations have kicked in and there's a lot of people that, I mean, I've had multiple phone calls from friends and family and, and a partner that sort of says, hey, what do you need for the next six days? And I've been told that there's a lot of people running in and out of like supermarkets and stuff. Um, but, you know, that my vibe on that is that I feel that that harsh lockdown is probably a good thing and I was speaking to Sally from the Lee Street Wine Room earlier and, it actually makes it a little bit easier than doing the 1.4 thing because you can actually legitimately kind of say to the staff, look, this is not our decision. This is a, like this is a government decision. And if we go in hard now, we're probably hopefully likely to sort of nail this on the head. And as much as it's going to hurt, it might actually be a bit easier to do it now for six days and sort of go through sort of what you guys have gone through. So... Yeah, there's a bit of panic, but I think at the same time, people here know what's happened in Melbourne and sort of go, well, let's just get through this next six days and do the right thing. 
so yeah, a little bit of fear, probably a little bit of like annoyance, but at the same time acceptance. Have you got a couple of masks ready to go, Adam? Because now you're being told that uh, you need to wear masks. I don't actually. I didn't even thought about. Can my kitchen guys wear masks all the time? And I just haven't been the one of the lucky ones that's got one. They've all got these customized ones. I should have been on that train. I might just uh, put a tea towel around my face and. And put some, uh, <laughs> put some drawings on it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I won't have to because I'm at home now, so I probably can't go anywhere. Yeah, right. Well, I guess you're you're one person per household is allowed to go out once a day for supplies. So maybe one of the supplies you'll need is a mask, you know, to use that tea towel and go out and get some masks. But I did wonder that because um, everyone in Melbourne's got like, you know, 30 million masks now that just (laughs) we've got, you know, all of a sudden I had a a spot in the house where people put their masks and, you know, they get washed in the evening and, you know, this is where the the disposables are if you need one and, you know, the kids have got extra masks in their school bags. Like it's all a bit of a thing, you know. Um, So, yeah, if you... Yeah, you'll be, you'll need to uh, yeah get on that train. I'm not sure if um, it will be made a law in South Australia as it has been here, but um, but yeah, kind of I'm kind of into the masks. I think it's going to ease off ease off for us. Yeah, I am too. No one can see if you're angry or you or you're happy. <laughs> That's I don't like that part of it, but I I think what I <laughs> I like it. It's good. I think what I like is. Um, you can't really forget that there's a pandemic when people are uh, are wearing masks, and um, I think it's uh, yeah good good to be mindful of that. I, if there's one thing I hope uh, for Melbourne, out of your experience, that people here see that this isn't over and it can flare up so quickly, and uh, yeah, it's um, definitely a good idea to stay as safe as possible while this pandemic is still in the ether. I really wish that I was like some master like kind of cook that had spent all this time like working on some crazy like kind of vaccine that was involving like, you know, natural like maybe you put a little bit of kiwi fruit and some coconut milk and you put some kaffir in this and you do that and I came up with the, the solution to the problem. I was just daydreaming about that. I mean, it would be rich if I did that. But no, my skill level is not it's not that good. That would be awesome if you could um, do that. What about if you could create a cocktail that was actually a vaccine? That would be just like legendary. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. It'd be like an Adelaide. Would <laughs> I'll just be working be... on that for the next six days. I'll keep you updated with that over the next six days. <laughs> you do that. Um, Adam, <laughs> I'm really grateful of the opportunity to check in with you as you are embarking on this uh, lockdown. Thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat to me. Uh, I wish you all the best. Like, Stay safe. Everyone in Victoria will be keeping a close eye on your numbers and, um, yeah, we'll be hoping there are no more new cases and you are indeed able to open up in a week or so and Adelaide can get back to rocking it all the way through to Christmas and beyond. Thank you so much. No problem. Good to speak with you, Danny. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production.